Hey there, hi there, ho there. It's on the other Hannah, and I'm Hannah. Howdy, neighbor. This is a bonus episode, I guess, because it's very off the cuff. It's not written. It is me talking about the emotional processing that I'm doing right now and really wanted to share and talk to you about while I'm in the middle of it. Um, it's, to me, really important to do advocacy for mental health. And so much of my personal mental health journey has dealt with shame about what I'm feeling or going through. So I wanted to take a minute and share with you how I'm coping while I'm in the middle of that struggle. Hello, and welcome to On The Other Hannah. I'm Hannah Nuriam. So I've been going through something for a minute, and the obstacles involved, those specifics aren't important. It's the way the challenges have been triggering for me. It's the way that I'm coping through them that I want to talk about. The specific things aren't really important as are the like emotional reactions that get yanked around in there. And I recently got into reading my horoscope. I don't do, I used to never do that. Um, and then I found there's a cool, my sister told me about this cool app and, uh, it's called Cosign and that has been, it's like almost like an interesting little daily devotional. I don't visit it every day. Um, but I find so often it hits me in the face. (laughs) Um, and one of the ways that I find I cope, um, is through writing and, and getting into self-reflection that can be really dangerous and that can go sideways. And so, One of the things I wanted to talk about is, what do you do when you have a brain like mine? Um, I don't know. That was not, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Yeah, no, that wasn't it. Anyway, I don't know what you do when you have a brain like mine, except that I do. Might be hard for me to articulate, though. So I've talked on the show, the show. Oh, I sound so cool. It's not a show. Anyway, I've talked here about my self-worth being a huge challenge and trying to build myself up and silence my inner critic has been something that is a continual process that I have to work on and is not, it's not something that I've mastered. So as soon as a challenge and an obstacle comes up in my life, I have to deal with my first knee-jerk reactive responses. And those are fairly unhealthy. There is a critical balance between understanding where you have contributed to a problem and self-flagellation. One is healthy and one is useless. Because if you're getting into just, you know, crucifying yourself, you're not productively addressing the problem sitting there and beating yourself up, I I understand. I still have my own pity parties too. But if your natural inclination is to woe is me, mea culpa, bullshit, you're not going to get into a recovered place from the the wounds that are triggering you. You're just not. Um, At the same time, 
you can't stand in the middle of denial. And it's a mighty river and it won't take you to a good place. You have to be able to look at your own culpability for whatever situation exists and figure out what do you want to do differently. Uh, I like to start with examining would I do anything differently here in whatever it is. Um, Because that's a first part of finding what lesson you need to learn. And so if you have something you do differently, just write it down. Right. So that, you know, okay, I can't, next time this something happens, I want to behave this way. If you're not finding anything, um, that's fine. I, I'm not saying you have to go and be such a critical judge. But if you're not finding anything, journal the feelings about why you did what you did and what, why you think that you would do the same thing again. It's a good reflective on how to find a balance of what lessons you need to learn through as you cope through a situation. Not everybody deals with everything by finding the lesson. That's a very specific Hannah coping mechanism. Whenever anything is hurting my heart, I want to find a reason for it. I think there's certain tragedies that you just can't. Um, I think there's certain losses, certain things that grieve our hearts where there's no fucking lesson. Um, for example, if you lose a loved one, like there's no, I, I don't, if you find a lesson in that more power to you, because I think it can be very helpful, but it's not required. I find it very helpful to get through things because I can lean into this is, this is a part of my purpose. Uh, this is helping my growth and So I need to lean in and feel it instead of shying away from it because I know that by choosing that, I'm going to end up in a better place than I was before I started feeling like shit. I'm having a really hard time with this segment, guys. Um, I'm talking about the suicidal ideation that I have and then why finding a lesson is so critical to my coping because I immediately have to address the reactive programming that I have. Um... The trauma that I went through as a child led to some brain programming that is at the first sign of despair and anguish. Um, Suicidal ideation becomes a huge obstacle for me. I really have to start fighting intrusive thoughts that go into that area. So if this could be triggering for you, you might want to skip this segment and move on to the, the next little one. I label them. I don't know if you can see them from your podcasty side. I don't know. But it it can be really hard. That's like rooted programming that I have to fight anytime anguish and despair become a part of my emotional weather. And so that knee jerk, I need to get out is something that I have built some coping mechanisms that help with. For example, I will tell myself, oh, you want to kill yourself, huh? Well, you made babies, so you can't kill yourself until they're out of college because they could still need you all the way up until then. And uh, you have a responsibility. So you're going to have to, even even if you think that they're better off without you, you still have to stick around for them because regardless of how shitty you feel you are, uh, you're their mom and it would traumatize them for you to leave. So you want to kill yourself? Fine, but you better wait till they're out of college. You got some waiting to do. Stick around. Um... Or I'll tell myself, oh, 
you can't kill yourself. You have to go to a city council meeting on Tuesday or you have this activist meeting on Wednesday or you can't kill yourself because you have to go to work tonight. Finding those like commitments that I've made that my integrity wants to keep me to uh, really helps me. There is a dangerous area in depression where built-in coping mechanisms like that no longer work because you no longer care. If you are finding that you cannot bring yourself to care about commitments like that, you're in a dangerous place. And I would encourage you to please seek help because if you can get there before you are in a crisis mode, you can save your life. Uh, Depression where you are no longer caring um, can be much, much harder to fight. Um, It can be more quiet, more insidious. Uh, It can sneak sneak up on you and then you can end up in a really bad uh, mental health emergency. So if you are looking at your life and your coping mechanisms right now and you think, I can't bring myself to even care about work or I can't bring myself to think that my kids would be better off with me instead of without me, uh, that's, that's a red fucking flag. Full stop. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Tell someone about how you are feeling and seek help because I, if you are listening to this, then I automatically care about you and want you to be alive. And that those kinds of intrusive thoughts, the kinds that make you want to escape in ways that you can never take back is, is not something I, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. And so finding the things that can help keep you alive are always going to be good for you. Whatever that coping has to look like. If you're familiar with Kevin Hart, you might be familiar with his, well, the way my bank account is set up. And I often refer to my brain that way. Like, well, the way my brain wiring is set up. And I have some pretty shitty brain chemistry and, and unfortunate wiring. And I tend to get uh, very critical. Um, my self-loathing rises a lot. And fighting that and combating that can be tiring. So... We all process whatever triggers we have in our own way, but I find that I really have to look inward and then look at myself in the face and commit and motivate myself towards taking whatever is grabbing me by the throat and dealing with it and finding some like actionable movement that I can have. And self-reflection to me is an inward actionable movement. And then I will find something that I can outwardly improve too. I used to want to make outward reflections through self-harm. And that was to make the external match the internal. Um, And so I I self-harmed a lot. It was another unhealthy coping mechanism. Now where I'm at in my journey, I feel like as an adult and as a mom, um, I have to work as hard as possible not to get into self-harming spaces. And so one of the things I will counter that with is, okay, I'm going to just self-improve real hard and I have to pay attention to it because I have, um, 
tendencies towards um, unhealthy uh, relationships with food and exercise. But I will work in in self-improvement spaces as a way to cope through it. So I've been exercising a lot. The instances where I feel a need to self-harm, instead I do a workout. It helps me physically process through the energy. I've heard that Leo suns, and I am a Leo sun, uh, like exercise for emotional processing. And I found that very reflective of myself. It's funny because I've gone through periods of depression where I was incredibly sedentary because life was that difficult. Uh, when I was a foster parent, the challenges and obstacles that I faced all the time were huge. So I felt very trapped and my disability was also just running rampant and left me frequently feeling trapped in my body and emotionally hostage. It was a really difficult time. But I changed some of my surroundings, worked really hard in manifesting, and got into a much better space and started really taking care of myself physically. And so what I have done when I'm really struggling emotionally is lean into that space and go, okay, I have these goals. Uh, here are healthy parameters for those goals because I have to be, I have to write those out and be very committed and accountable to what my goals are or I will overdo it and it'll get into a self-harming space. So I have to be very clear and strong on what I'm doing and have an accountability partner. My husband is my accountability partner. I share with him everything I'm doing and I share with my mom. Because uh, I think having multiple accountability partners is very good. So I have been able to use those workouts as a way to physically move through my energy, physically manifest self-improvement, and I will do emotional processing while I'm walking and exercising. Um, and it's an, also an active manifestation. I'm grabbing the energy of my physical activity and channeling it towards the self-improvement that I want to make. And it's a strong commitment and it becomes like a meditation and it's so helpful and very centering, especially if you're having trouble sleeping because of anxiety. I will do a 10 minute weightlifting workout before I need to go to sleep. Uh, it will help physically tire out my body and then using like an audiobook or a podcast or something to listen to uh, while with my eyes closed, I'm able to bypass my anxiety in order to get sleep. Uh, otherwise, sleep is a time where idle thoughts is what I call them, uh, or you're not actively doing something and focusing on something. So your brain will kind of run off and having something to listen to. I that's why I especially love audiobooks. Uh, will really help me bypass that and not have to deal with my thoughts going idle. I'm actively listening to something, but my eyes are closed, my body is still and tired, and I will fall asleep. And I know a lot of people who have anxiety problems will struggle with sleeping. Um, there's all kinds of uh, herbal remedies that you can try. Um, cannabis can be very helpful. Chamomile can be very helpful. Uh, valerian and St. John's wort, but if you're taking any herbal supplements, you need to check with your doctor to make sure they will not interact with any medications. Uh, St. John's wort specifically can be interactive with antidepressants, so it's important to note if you are taking herbal supplements to check with your physician, uh, check online for interactions. Uh, 
I just, that can be very helpful. Uh, there's meditations that you can do instead with deep breathing exercises, but some people find uh, that can be a lot of work to do before you're going to sleep. So that's why I really like a passive activity for me, like listening. If I can keep my eyes closed and my body still for 15 straight minutes, my body will naturally start to fall asleep. And that's why I like a podcast or an audiobook, something that I can remain still, my eyes closed, I get into that body space. And I'm not plagued with thoughts. If I find that I'm thinking too much, um, I'll recognize, okay, I need to get my attention harder on this. Um, so that can be just a helpful tip for sleeping. And I know a lot of people like me will struggle with it. I think too often, though, in self-help and spiritual places that happiness is as a goal is unrealistic to me. You're not going to be happy all of the time. If you're happy all the time and you have enough serotonin and dopamine to maintain your brain chemistry all the time, uh, don't listen to my podcast. This is not for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, I can't relate to, to those who are just like walking around with enough brain chemicals. <laughs> so I, I, I struggle to, to find some happiness sometimes. And I found that joy is different for me. Joy is rooted and its seed begins in gratitude. And as soon as I meet my life with gratitude, I realize that, oh, I have so much that the things that are bothering me become smaller. Like spirit will show me where my needs are met and I return to going, oh, wow, I can't really be feeling so sorry for myself. I have these things that I'm grateful for. And that can look like happiness for me and joy, even when I'm bawling my eyes out, even when I'm struggling with my mental health, even when it's something that I feel like I'm pulling out with my teeth and fingernails. Gratitude is the foundation that makes me realize life is, is beautiful. And there's always room to find hope, I think, when you can start with gratitude. And hope is necessary to fighting depression. Knowing this too shall pass. It may pass like a fucking kidney stone, but it'll pass. Life continues to move forward. And every time that I'm still breathing to work through it is a fucking gift, man. Because... I go walk down the street and get hit by a bus. So I'm grateful for the safety and protection and health and relationships that I have that I realize, ah, I have to continue to train my focus onto that. My brain wiring really likes to focus on the negative. And so it can become a consuming perspective. And by forcing myself to really address my gratitude, to write it out, to be um, true about these things that I'm grateful for, genuine. Because it's one thing to just be like, yeah, I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my kids. It's to find that genuine, like, yes, I am grateful because of this thing. I'm grateful because of this thing. Helps me sit and hope for tomorrow. And hope is so triumphant 
Grace is so powerful. Compassion and forgiveness and love are great places to sit in. And they're gifts you can give yourself. Most especially when you're starting to sink down into your own well of anguish. And I, I have felt my pain like a giant vault or a deep well. And every time I meet myself in anguish, I'm making deposits into this account. I was talking to my husband as I was trying to do some protection work. And I was meeting myself in that well, seeing all these deposits of sorrow that I've made, you know, years and years of pain. I'm like, there's power in how deep I can feel. What if I turned that and directed it at making my life better? And so that was a beautiful realization and I think some strong shadow work because I had to look at myself in my loneliest of places. I found a Nietzsche quote. My dad loves Nietzsche, so it was a weird synchronicity. My dad has read H.L. Mencken on Nietzsche. And so I used to flip through those books as a kid. My dad is an armchair philosopher. And Nietzsche is talk, was talking about meeting yourself in your loneliest lonely. And I was like, oh, you're your loneliest loneliness or some shit like that. It was beautiful and tr- sad. And I was like, I feel so sad. I'm whining and hurting. I'm such a mess. I feel so sad. Lonely. Nobody likes me. And my dog just made a sad cry like, Mom, what's wrong? And finding myself there in this vault of my own sadness. I was like, whoa, look at how many deposits I've made. Look at all this sitting here just waiting for me to direct it somewhere, to invest it. I looked at each of these deposits like a gold bricks of strong emotion that I can go take and invest somewhere and use that connection for something powerful for myself. That has been just a huge positive coping and lesson through times where I have wept bitterly (laughs) and just felt waves. Like, (laughs) oh, it, it was like my life was going, but wait, there's more. And I was like, okay, enough. And I would be brought back to, but you have a home. You have a spouse that loves you. Your children have their health. You have a good relationship with your parents. Uh, there is safety and protection about you. And I'd be like, yeah, wow, I really can't woe is me this shit. I have so much to be glad about. And... I'd still find myself in that well of anguish and go, okay, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to wallow in this. I've made my deposit. I've dealt with that emotion. Now I'm going to go take it, run with it, and decide this goal that I'm going to have for myself and eat it. It's interesting because I had been wanting to manifest strength and I feel like spirit's like, oh, cool, here you go. Out of the frying pan, into the fire, exactly what you asked for. And I'll be like, Wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. Ooh, I should have been way more specific. I just wanted to be strong without uh, having to do all the work. <laughs> um, I sometimes want to have spiritual McDonald's and be able to get what I want easily. Um, because McDonald's is still nourishment. It still counts, but it's cheaper. <laughs> it doesn't last as long doesn't sustain you as well doesn't serve as great and so doing the work and getting that nourishment is very important to me in, in the walk that I'm doing here and when I will be on the other side of coping when I will have made it through and I'll be like oh yeah this is a wilderness period cool like, somehow I got out of the fertile landscape and I'm walking through the wilderness, uh, meeting all of these thorn bushes and challenges, and still trying to maintain um, these fertile things that I've planted out there. And, like, okay, gotta get through this. Gotta get through this. Um, and I was frequently brought to the fact that, like, I'm a nerd. So I was thinking the other day, I'm like, oh man, I feel like both Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon going, you hear me, baby, hold together. Um, because that will sometimes present challenging. Like, mm, I just feel like laying in bed and sobbing. I don't feel like addressing the things that I need to address in my life. And I have to walk through that. And... So yeah, I'm coming to, at this podcast very improv. Um, my unwritten vulnerability of this is the space that I'm in, and this is how I'm trying to grow through it. And I hope maybe this will resonate for you. Um, I certainly hope it won't resonate because you're in the same space as me right now. I hope it will resonate so that the next time something's difficult in your life, um, you can be like, oh, wait a minute, maybe there's like a little map here that can help me find my way through that. So, Heidi ho there, neighbor. I'm going to sign out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with me. This is Hannah.